My Music Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians and those alike, and we pick their brains on a whole lot of music topics. I am one of your hosts, KJ. I'm your other host, Scott. And Scott, man, today with us, look, excited. We, we, we've got maybe the busiest working musician <laughs> in this whole state. Makes that's my a, head spin. That's a possibility. And, and this, so. Yeah, and this is probably like some laziness on, on my end, but I, I just feel like this man needs no introduction. So this is Dutcher Snedeker. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for, <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here. This is We've been looking forward to this one for a while as we were talking. Like, who do we need to get in here? Your name just kept coming up and... <laughs> And obviously in previous episodes, your name is coming up. Yeah, you've been name dropped times. a lot in yeah. season one. This is oh. season two we're on, but yeah, season one, you got name dropped a lot. A so, lot. So we had yeah. to have you here and we're happy that you, you found time in the busy schedule of the recording life, studio yeah. musician to get <laughs> over here. Dutcher, I got to say, you might be one of the most professional musicians I've ever met just trying to schedule this podcast, you know, um, I, I got to admit, we had to, re- I, I will tell the, the people we had to reschedule like a couple of times, yep. you know, and instead of you just like ghosting us or being like, oh. Oh, I'm planning on today. You're like, oh, I can't make it. I got this. So anyway, I'm just saying it's, it's a rare quality. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we appreciate it. So it's awesome. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're very excited. So, yeah. Dutcher, tell us tell us who you are, what you're working on, who, you, who you're with, what, what's happening. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dutch Snedeker. I uh, mainly play piano, other keys and synths. Um, and I mainly play right now with earth radio uh grand rapids based future soul band normal mode which is uh Kind of a lo-fi, spacey beat music. Project that we started uh, last year. Yeah, last year. Is this like a project born out of the pandemic or was it always a plan? It was it was kind of a mix because the the trio had been performing. You know, I'd I'd gone to Grand Valley State with uh, the drummer Nathan Coles okay. and uh, Ian Thompson. I had met in the music scene. Uh, he's the bass player. What year did you graduate from Grand Valley? Uh, twenty fifteen. Oh, okay, I graduated in twenty eleven from there. Did, oh, okay. did you take any classes with Tim Fronsek by chance? Yeah, uh, my first year I was in the jazz ensemble. Jazz, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Tim Fransek, I got to give him a shout out, man. He's the best. He opened my eyes to so much jazz music. Is is crazy. Was that like a music appreciation course? Uh, no, I think it was just like a jazz history one on one class cool. thing, and I literally took it my sophomore year. Um, I think we we talked about this with, with Elliot later on because he cool. went to Grand Valley, and yeah, also yeah. his mind got opened by this guy. But he just put me onto all of this, the weather report, you know, oh, the yeah. jock, all of that. Like, <laughs> I feel yeah. like everybody's got that person in their life that kind of just like pulled the blinders off. You yeah, know? he was giving me the deep Miles Davis. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the Nefertiti stuff. Like he was just yeah. Anyways, yeah. I digress. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, yeah, uh, normal mode, and uh, you know, I play with Mark Lavengood, Americana artist. Uh, you know, is making me 
learn all my bluegrass chops. <laughs> Probably gonna have to like transcribe some Billy Strings to like figure out like how to keep up with all these pickers. Oh god! Oh yeah. It's like oh, you just got to move your picking hand, and then this comes with it. But I'm like trying to do it with just my right hand. You gotta be so <laughs> tight, locked yeah. in to do that. Oh, yeah. Goodness gracious, man. And uh, yeah, and uh, other than you know playing, I've I have three podcasts because apparently I need more work. <laughs> <laughs> That's how creatives are. We just like taking yeah. on more challenges. Know. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know, uh, Mitten backstage, life is a piano, and the Dutch Snedeker podcast. All of them are in video and audio, so I try to expedite all of that. <laughs> Can you give me a quick like uh, snippet of what each of those sort of uh, focus on? Yeah, Mitten Backstage is is having conversations with Michigan musicians, whether they're you know in the state or out of the state. People who've you know made their foundation, grown up in Michigan. It's a lot of the stuff you know you'd hear if we were talking backstage or hanging out, you know, after a gig, just having fun talking about music and life. Uh, life is a piano. It's kind of a companion idea to that. Uh, it comes out twice a month, and it's me talking to pianists because, well, I guess pianists, keyboardists, organists, <laughs> anyone who playing like... Playing keys. Yeah, yeah, anyone playing keys. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, keyboard players are put in all sorts of roles. You know, you got, you know, church MDs or, you know, arrangers, pop composers, you know, they're playing three different types of instruments on a gig. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then the Dutch Snedeker podcast is I just hit record and I usually have a keyboard near me and I riff on a topic or, you know, in and out of a topic for, you know, 30, 45 minutes. That's impressive. <laughs> just keep, keep <laughs> that muscle working. <laughs> you had said earlier, it's sort of like a vlog, like sort of a, a day in the life of just whatever's on the top of your mind. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, you know, like last or, you know, the episodes I have coming in the in the future they're you know one's on kind of a topic of just like music business and then another is just a, a funny story that's like it's like this is what we go through as musicians yeah <laughs> it's like trying to tell yeah, you yeah, all yeah. that like it's not all it's not always just like piano man and <laughs> it's not as romantic as some it really isn't yeah. nothing ever is work is work you yeah. know yeah yeah we work yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would imagine like for you, like you, you sound like you're just wrapped in music all day where it's like even your daytime job, you know, where like, yeah, I'm sure you want to step back even sometimes and just be like, yo, I got to chill for a bit. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm taking my first vacation as an adult and it's only like four days. <laughs> but I was like, this, I'm going to go somewhere I haven't been to in Michigan, just chill and probably just not look at my phone for four days. Yeah, yeah. Turn off that social media, man. Just, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Explore. I'm interested. Um, you were describing... Um, Earth Radio as, um, what is it? Oh, Future Soul. Future Soul. <laughs> future Soul. I like so I was going to say yeah, Neo yeah. Soul, but I like the idea of future even more so. Can yeah. You, we'll definitely be putting some clips in, but can you describe to us like how that sort of moniker developed? Yeah, it, it was kind of born, uh, you know, the band's influenced by a, a range of different artists. One band that we all kind of are influenced by is Hiatus Coyote. and they have that blend of like the psychedelia with the neo soul and 
kind of the you know the black american music styles all the hip-hop and the funk and and it's hard to it, it was hard at first with the band to figure out like what do we call this thing that you know dances around genres and like explores different kind of sonic palettes and you know future soul was kind of this idea of like oh it's soulful music but it it encompasses more than just the soul music genre right right um and now <laughs> it's funny because Corey henry just put out a, a new solo record that's awesome but he put, it, uh, he put it under the future soul uh, category <laughs> and i'm like okay that makes sense too like yeah, yeah, soul yeah. music with cool synths and you know yeah. he's a king yeah i love Corey henry yeah i got so mad one time i was in new orleans and um it said like Corey henry I was like, oh, snap. So I like told my wife, like, we got to go to the show tonight. It was a different Corey uh, Henry. It wasn't it's that like Corey common Henry. enough name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then just a real quick snippet of normal mode. How similar, different? Yeah. it uh, Some similarities in the sense that there's jazz and, and kind of the psychedelic influence. It's more of we, we all kind of bonded over making music together as a trio first. And then the concept kind of came up when we were all, you know, talking about just outer space and kind of being inspired by just the, man, like so many things that you could just, you can't even fathom sometimes. It's, it's, space. It's, 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 it's very beautiful, man. Like I really, I told you before we started the podcast, like I really like the song Aquanova. Like, you know, like uh, Scott really got me into listening to headphone, like listening to music in my headphones, usually on like a speaker guy or like I told Scott, we talked in an episode, like he's got speakers in his wall. But anyways, oh, yeah. I started listening to headphones, man, and listening to Aquanova at nighttime, man, it's like my jam, you know, and I'm just like zoning out. Immersive, <laughs> man. You just got to like fall, your, fall yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you guys want anybody to listen to it at any time, but if I could give a listener <laughs> suggestion, just put your headphones on at night and just like listen to the song, you know? Yep. Get get in that like spacey vibe of exactly what you said like the band is shooting for yeah, yeah it's like removing the senses yeah I, you know if you listen yeah. to it at night you're kind of closing your eyes and you're just like laying there not doing anything and like fully immersed yeah yeah sometimes mm-hmm. music has to be experienced like that it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and it's it's been nice to kind of have with that group you know we we have a range of like jazz and trio setting influences like you know uh, like the was it Yaron Herman trio and like uh, Tigran Hamasian. Is another big one, um, and you know, so we we kind of add to our our original music with like other trio style things that are kind of a little bit left of you know, that kind of expectation of a jazz, right, right, right. <laughs> a yep. jazz trio. So it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I went into it expecting more jazz, which I mean, it, it kind of can be, but yeah, it definitely like, I, I don't want to like be like, Oh, this jazz music. Yeah. Like I, you got to just listen to it, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, that's why I was asking about, you know, um, the so genre, loose genre definition. It seems like you're giving yourself or you and the groups a lot of room to explore, not be too pigeonholed. So that you can 
stretch the potential of blending of sounds and textures and different ideas. I think it's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I was just refreshing. I'm writing an album review for uh, Eddie Codrington, um, this artist who, you know, I met in Kalamazoo. He's one, I'm going to say he wrote one of my favorite albums of this year. What's what's the album? (laughs) uh, Planets. It's, uh, it's a, it's under his artist name, uh, Stratos. And he, you know, it feels like you are taken, like the album is kind of like, it's like the Stratos solar system. And then each track is named after a planet. Oh, cool. And it's, you know, it's got everything from like calm, kind of lilting, hypnotic, sort of like acoustic music. And then, you know, like heavy, like, you know, almost like metal blended with like fusion, jazz fusion type stuff, like very aggressive, like technical stuff. (laughs) And then just play, like there's one track that's, you know, a couple minutes long and it's, it's a, it's him whistling a melody and then harmonizing it with his saxophone playing throughout the track. Wow. <laughs> and it's just a fun, it, yeah, it's like each planet has its own little ecosystem that you're kind of introduced to and it's, it's sweet. I take those kind of cues of like, yeah, you know, someone could call it a jazz record, but it's, you know, it's so much more than just what, you know, people's expectations of jazz right, are all right. over the it's place. Limiting. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So. <laughs> Side cut, I think we'll have to eventually do a episode about concept albums. Yeah. Because that's oh, what this sounds dude, like. We, yep. we have to. Yeah. You know I love a good concept we're, we're big album. fans of concept yeah, albums. I, I got to ask you a side question too as well. Sure. Just because you mentioned Hiatus Coyote. Have you listened to like the new album at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I I loved it. It felt like coming back to the band, you know, you heard on the previous records, but then those like careful choices within each song that really just like it expanded kind of what your, you know, yeah. your expectations of the band, which. Yeah. I feel like from track to track, like the, the mixing, like the vibe of it is different. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Red Room sounds like very like compressed and like very like, I don't know. It's just like a very quiet. When I listen to my headphones, you can hear like the hiss, you know, like the tape hiss almost. Yeah. Like, um, but each song like kind of has like this different vibe to it for me. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, it makes me wonder because there was so much time in between that those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This album, yeah. the previous one, yeah. it's like, you know, this could have been written 10 years yeah, ago. Exactly. Could have been written <laughs> the, the month right. before. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always love that though on albums. Like I know, like sometimes you want a unifying sound, but I always kind of love it when, like, from track to track, I'm like, "Ooh, this sounds like kind of reverbian, different personalities." Like, yeah, it's almost yeah. like the songs have like different personalities. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just different kind of theories of like what you want. Yeah, this thing that you've created to put a listener through. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's so interesting because yeah, that song "Rid Room," man, something about the way cool. it's recorded. I'll put it in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just and I were talking about the new "Bad, Bad, Not Good." Oh yeah, yeah. Have, oh, you, have you given a listen? I to that? haven't listened to it yet, but I, I'm a fan of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I guess I was just hoping for something more, uh, like beat driven a little bit 
from the the previous album. Yeah, I think they're kind of deriving away from that. Man. Yeah, they're just getting older, mature. You know, yeah, you could tell that. Yeah, 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 it's a lot more. It, it sort of floats around in like meanders in a really interesting way. Yeah, I, I think. That was like a whole nother maybe podcast topic is like setting expectation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like for as one an artist. For, as an artist, yeah. yeah. And we sort of talked about like evolution of an artist, and yeah. that's certainly a thing. Like, what do you think fans would do if like Earth Radio just put out like a straight like rock album? Like, do you think they'd be like, what the fuck? Or like, maybe like a more straightforward jazz, like yeah, just straight yeah. jazz. <laughs> yeah, just swing tunes. Yeah, yeah. Just swing tunes. <laughs> I mean, or just like whatever you like, whatever you feel like is like a defining factor of Earth Radio. If you like, not that like that's really bad, bad, not good. Because they have the whole like I don't know what I'm yeah. trying to say. More just like right. what my expectations were. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's interesting because that that would mean to like to kind of be that focused on like oh this is a you know a straight rock album like what is it's almost like a challenge because it's like what does that even how will that happen in the (laughs) because every (laughs) time we get in the studio it's like okay we've rehearsed all these songs but in all of our minds we're like okay there's gonna be like a hundred layers of something by the end of (laughs) the the album being made. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, but you know, I'd hope some people would be like, okay, and then <laughs> come see it performed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is a very side tangent. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll, probably cut, I'll probably cut it no, later. You're, you're, I, just, I was just thinking it. about it because I was listening to that album. And I was like, I just, maybe it was just wrong place, wrong time. Like you and I talking about. Yeah, it's, like you I told be, you, you gotta get. Yeah, I think the first single off of that actually was like nine minutes long. You know, and I, it was like on my release radar, and I popped it on, and I saw. I was like, damn, this shit's going on for a long time. And I was like, oh, damn, it's not. And then I was. Yeah. Like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta like come back to this because I zoned out. And but then when I listened to it later, I was like, "Yo, this is an amazing song." Um, right. Can't remember what it was. And then besides April, is like the other banger mm-hmm. that I really like. Yeah. I think a big factor too is like what I was listening to before that album. I think <laughs> yeah. I was listening like I don't know some like Blink One Eighty Two or something. Yeah, the was, transition. Yeah. Because yeah. I was listening to a podcast about the bands. So I'm like, I have to go back through their catalog real quick. And then I was like, okay, I got that out of my system. Let me go check out that bad, new bad band. Bad. Bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> I was like, well. So that can affect the listening experience for sure. Right. Yeah. Anyways, All we right. have some. We have a topic that I think is going to put you to task. Okay. <laughs> Which I think will kind of segue from what he was just talking about yeah. earlier and this uh, the album Stratus and the technical I think abilities so. of it. Yeah. So lay it on him because you have it written so, down. Yeah. So our first topic we want to talk about is kind of like when is virtuistic playing effectively used and like when and where can it distract from the song? Because, you know, that album you were describing, you talked about and being technical. We're like, yes, in a sense of there, like I'm sure it like fit the vibe and made things happen. But right. sometimes, you know, you hear those albums and it's like, mm, like, did you really need that there? Was that too much? You know, even, or even a live experience it, too. Or even a live experience. Yeah. It, it, but yeah, just talk about the positives, I guess, and the negatives to that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I often kind of, there's the assumption, you know, since I, I went to, you know, did my undergrad in classical, master's in jazz, and I've seen, you know, a lot of people performing at high levels uh, that I only listen to like, you know, this is the craziest version. Like you can't listen to Cardi B. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, like, right. it's like, she's not it's a virtual. Me, yeah. <laughs> Dutcher would not listen to her. <laughs> she can't play piano. <laughs> it's like, but you know, I, 
maybe if you had asked like middle school me who was just getting into you know the mm-hmm. like the Steve Vai's and like all the virtuosic guitar players get my first guitar uh you know it'd be like yeah this is what I this is what I love listening to uh now I I see people you know like Tigran Hamasian is a great example he he blends like he's a an Armenian born pianist who learned American jazz who grew up wanting to be in a thrash metal band. (laughs) So all of his music is like the deep spiritual well of like his folk, like his, his country's like folklore and then, and folk songs and folk melodies mixed with like kind of the colors and the, the, you know, the harmonies of, of jazz music. And then it is sprinkled with the like aggression and some of the modern, you know, flavorings of, of rock and metal. you know performing on such a high level in terms of like rhythm and piano and his his trio is super tight and you know you can't just walk in off the street and expect to like right. digest it <laughs> but the right. this i feel like he does virtuosic playing well because at the core of it there's like a there's a humanity to it that's expressed and it it always starts with like you know a simple melody or you know just the the energy that's put into it um, you know, and that could just be a, a very basic, like, oh, the intent behind right. what's being performed at a high level. But I, I feel like it's, you know, people can have technical skill and facility. You know, I think of someone like, I don't know, Ingve Malmsteen, who's <laughs> like, kind of yeah. been the same flavor for like 30 years. Right. right. Yeah. It's like, I found this He's guitar. like the poster child of like, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's like, this is where it starts. <laughs> yeah. He's like somehow Step a classical music nerd, but also like stuck in 80s rock. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> or, you know, Michelangelo Badia is another guitar player who like, he can. He, he does the like if you look up his old videos he's doing like the v neck oh, double gosh. neck guitar yeah. with all the I, tapping I'm like to what nuts. extent am i supposed to enjoy this you know other yeah. than just like being like impressed right, right. <laughs> it's it's like with those i you know i can reference them and be like that's kind of i've never seen anyone do that but i'm not gonna go back because all of his albums are just that. It's yeah. like, oh, here's the riff, and then, oh, let me solo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the classic like Uncle Ben trope of, like, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, right. like, like you have been given this yeah. gift, and, like, you got to use it responsibly, not to just, like, jack off and just be yeah. like, I can do this thing. Look at me. I think that's the hard thing, though, is, like, I always tell my students, like, you have to watch out with how, like, learn things first and foremost right yeah. but then once you learn things you have to sort of think about how you're actually applying them just because you know how to do something doesn't mean you always have to put it into everything to the loudest most yep. prominent yeah. extent you know and that's yeah. learning about essentially taste you know yeah. you, you mentioned um like steve Vai, and i think right. of like steve Vai, and joe satriani like i love those guys like as a guitar player but i think the one thing too with their technical ability is like they work around with like space you know mm-hmm. like i think like um scott's trying to give you a song clip of throwing like joe Please. satriani crying
Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, where, where he's just, like, doing all these bends and stuff, but he's, like, pausing, you know. It's mm-hmm. like, you're, you're more so, like, feeling the song because, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's not just, like, like going you at know you a thousand. Can, no. but he's, it's yeah, restraint. Yeah. yeah, and then by the end, you know, he picks it up, does his thing, show you I got a little bit of chops, but the song never really explodes, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah the, I agree, like, the having all the tool set, but knowing when to, like, use the thing that's probably the harder side of it maybe yeah. i don't know because it's, yeah. it's more experience driven rather than like objective learning yeah it, it makes me think you know someone like jacob collier Every file of music in his we were, brain. That we were literally time. talking so, about him before you got I here. I told Scott I was going to mention him. I was like, this is what I got to figure out. So I feel like with musicians, either you really love this dude or you really dislike him. Um, yeah. He's like, like a robot. No middle. Yeah, he's like a robot. So, Dutcher, I wanted to ask you actually, like, how do you feel about Jacob Collier? He, so he's not someone I listen to on the regular. Uh, I do listen and kind of you know like this jesse project yeah that that as a concept is interesting like whoa what if i had an album that was four albums (laughs) 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 and like the each album's you know still kind of built on a i'm trying to remember the like simple concept it's like oh this one's about i don't know space and this one's about this but he it it's interesting seeing someone that young you know, have all these skills and yeah. just kind of fire off at all cylinders. It it makes you wonder, like, all right, what happens in ten years? Like, where does mm, he go? No, that's exactly, man. <laughs> you got my exact thought. Where like I appreciate what he does like so much. Where I'm just like impressed and blown away. I think I saw him on like this is funny as hell. This is years ago. Like Harry Connick Jr. has a daytime TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just running around like playing all these instruments and like looping them. Where I'm just like, this is insane. But also, this song is not really that good to me. You know what I mean? It's more um, spectacle than anything at that point, probably. Yeah, yeah. And I think of him, like, I think the same thing where he's just young, you know, and he's excited and he has all these ideas and he could do them. So he's doing them. But I hope, like, 10 years from now, like, he becomes a Stevie Wonder, you know, and gets mm. his songs in the key of life and figure, like, how he do I make to listen these to some ACDC and just, like, simplicity. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder sometimes if, like, that's the culture we're living in with, like, TikTok and Instagram, like, short snippet yeah. videos of like look what i can do right and then people are on to the next thing like because they can kind of consume it that way and then share it and like i don't know it's sometimes i think thought. about that yeah yeah just the like yeah just you know we as artists are already used to like okay we got to you know we have a song we go record it you know we go play it out but some people are literally just like Next, next, next. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. Oh, that made me happy. Sad. Happy. Sad. <laughs> sad. Happy. <laughs> it's like little dopamine hits. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then no. by the end of the day, you're just like exhausted from <laughs> being yeah. overstimulated. But I, I feel like my hope for Jacob Collier is in his live band because he surrounded himself 
especially that you know that first band that wasn't just a bunch of him right yeah i was gonna say yeah with him playing with other people too i think that's the thing just seeing him loop all those things and do it where it's just like but why though like yeah <laughs> i know you could do it but why <laughs> who's that young kid that plays like trap beats with the uh the female on keys Oh, uh, JD Beck and yeah, Dami. And Dami. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay. this is cool, but I'm also like, I'm not sure where the tune is inside of this half the time. You know, yeah, they're <laughs> they're like they're interesting because I, I see them getting kind of like ushered into the industry through like Anderson Pack. And- It's like okay, you know, JD's still not even an adult yet, right? <laughs> like what? That's I'm wondering, like okay, or, or you know, like them or like Justin Schultz, who's from Michigan mm-hmm. and you know, great keyboard player, guitarist, harpy player, <laughs> bass player. It's like, it's cool seeing that talent to that degree, but then, all right, what happens when they direct themselves more? Because a lot of what they do is like, they kind of pop up and it's like, look at that. And then they disappear. (laughs) It's a shiny little thing. Yeah. Whoa, he's playing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's just a, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's obviously super impressive, but I want more than impressive out of the music right right oh no i was just gonna say do you think sometimes like um people gain more of an interest from their virtuoso playing and they kind of like scale it back at all what do you mean i'm not sure what you mean by that um i don't know maybe I'm, maybe i'm going on a side tangent here i'm thinking about like a, a captain beefheart you know and like trout mass replica <laughs> which just like became this like thing which i feel like ushered for him for pe- more people to be kind of like what is he about like i kind of want to dig this and figure it out like the the virtuosity of fall it. into their world yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like think, you could create that sometimes right you know? i think that goes back to what dutcher was saying it's like it comes from the, like a place of like their humanity of like who they are maybe in yeah. like you, you, you fall into their personality. Maybe that's a genuine thing. Like, yeah, you know, I can't, I can't peg like Jacob Collier. <laughs> like I can't tell <laughs> of like what he is as opposed to like when I listen to Charles Mass Replica and then I go on and listen to Captain B Fars albums, even later when they're kind of normal with certain songs, I'm like, okay, this guy has a certain personality and a style and like, this is who he is. And obviously, yep. you know, we'll probably talk about this here, but like Frank Zappa, like you, Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a Frank Zappa. Like, yeah, like, it's a personality thing. You know, it falls into who he is. And maybe almost. some of these younger guns just haven't had a chance to establish that sort of universe. Yeah, because it is, yeah, it definitely feels like with, you know, yeah, the pace of social media combined with, like, young talent, it, it can kind of feel like, yeah, you need to just keep doing, and then there's not really anything 
like created other than just like look at that look at that look at that and then eventually we hear something else and you know yeah. it's probably smart Progress business sense in 2021 is like keep it short and keep it flashy because it's like <laughs> yeah that's the only uh, attention span that people and, and we're sort of going though, off man. tangent yeah because yeah, yeah. like, yeah, well and i think of like you know like lua by jacob collier is like it's such a standout for me from his catalog because it's like it's very just like this, like it's not, whoa, I'm doing, it's, yeah, yep. it's a rock fusion <laughs> in, the, you know, 12. It's, you know, it's very like, you know, a traditional bossa nova with like some tasteful arranging and then Maro is doing, you know, some vocals. So it's a nice pairing. <laughs> So I, I see those moments as like, okay, he understands, you know, good arranging and and like like playing into styles more deeply than just like you know window shopping, but. He, I like that. that yeah. Idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got like he yeah he's like I feel like because he spent so much time I mean he even says it himself that he spent so much of his you know younger years just nerding out with gear and mm. making videos and because I remember seeing him when I was like I think a freshman in high school and he was you know this little kid who made a version of I Saw Three Ships a song I never listened to and then I was like oh this is my favorite version of that song <laughs> well that's the thing like the, this younger generation because of the the access to social media and I guess most importantly YouTube is like these kids can learn things way faster than I feel like everything be pre-internet you had to like sort of either listen to the record and try to figure it out right yep. there's all these classes yeah. and tutorials and you know it's all so much at fingertips that you have these younger virtuosos out there that just want to like really flex on you, you know? yeah and 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 you can well then that's also where like you feel like you know like someone looks up how to do a dillaby yeah <laughs> <laughs> they really don't know how to do a dillaby because they haven't learned how to play rhythmically right yet. <laughs> right it's like a, a facsimile or something yeah one one that's thing i was also thinking is maybe where it works the best is with like the ensemble like i think of like a wolf pack uh, Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, um, Snarky Puppy. Oh, where yeah. It's a, a tons of talented people, but when they work as a machine, as a unit, it keeps like the musicality as first and foremost, rather than any individual right. yeah. ability. Man, good Snarky Puppy drop. I mean, they got to be the best at doing that. Like, they could pull out whatever. Their drummer, they want, I can't but... think of the drummer's name. Uh, Larnell? Yeah. Yeah, Larnell yeah, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I mean, but such a good ensemble of music, like wicked talented musicians that all sort of keep each other in check, I think, to a certain degree, but like right. allow each other to, you know, push when they can. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, you know, uh, you, you mentioned that Bruno Mars and uh, Anderson Pack. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, the skate song. But 
I, I saw an interview with those two and they were just talking about how um, when they're in the studio, they essentially just want to just like show off for each other. You know what I mean? Like Anderson <laughs> Pack's like, I'm a great drummer, you know? And Bruno Mars is like, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> okay, but you're a little bit better than me. So let me show you what I can do on keys. Like, can you do that? You know, where it's just like, I, I love that vibe. And I feel like you could feel that, like, you know, leave the door open, which is like their lead single off of that. It's not like a, you know, crazy. Like you wouldn't think like, oh, these people are virtuosos. But you know, you hear the strings and you hear the arrangement where you're like, okay, these dudes, know a lot. But I, I'm just trying to get that vibe of like, yeah, even when you got the talent to flex, like try and show off to your friends sometimes, you know what I mean? And right. like, see what you create, you know? Yeah. I wonder just like changing genre really quick. If like, if like in, in rap, it's all about showman, like, Oh yeah. I mean, we were talking about bone thugs and harmony cause we listened to a podcast that mentioned that. And I feel like, you know, they talked about being as one, but you know when they get in the booth, they like, oh, Crazy Bone just did that, yo. I can spit right, over now I gotta Now I got to go like to this level, you know? I'm going to be even faster. Yeah, I got to be faster. <laughs> I got to be quicker. More triplets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anytime you bring in like a you know a guest a guest rapper there it's all about like yeah like let me let me show yeah. let me show my bars let me show you, what I can you got put my in. mind thinking on a whole different thing would, would you consider like fast rappers like virtuoso yeah I my gut reaction to that question was kind of along the same lines of an instrumentalist like I I love when people can rap really fast and it you know you can hear like the there's like even if it's moving fast there's some clarity to the notes there's some sort of articulation there's like a command of rhythm there's a command of you know whether it's rhyme scheme or storytelling uh and and then on the same token there are people who can like you know destroy a room with like five words <laughs> right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and it's it's equally as impactful just you know different expressions yeah I think it, again with with that type of uh, like style, it's just important to figure out where you hold back and like where you draw it. I mean, Twista is like I was gonna bring known. up Twista. Yeah, yeah I mean, Twista is kind of known for like being the guy of fast right. rapping. But I think of like his his songs like um, I can't remember if the name is right, but like Celebrity Overnight or Overnight something like that. But you know, that's like a pop hit, man. And he does some fast rapping in there, you know what I mean? But he's like, you know, like just fitting in those pockets where it's almost like, oh shit, you're like an instrument, you know what I mean? He's just finding the right parts of where to do it. And sometimes, obviously, he has songs where he's just, you know, going fast the whole time. Yeah, it's all about like the positive and negative space, like kind of ebb and flow of, yeah. of of finding that because then you become more like a like a 
a drummer at that point, you know, yeah. which right. is which is kind of cool. I think spacing is everything. Yeah. Is what we're <laughs> finding out. <laughs> yeah, well, and I even think of like you know I've been following Harry Mack for a few years, and he's I'm this, not familiar. Who, who's he's, that? He's a uh, uh, I think originally and i know he's living on the west coast now but um i think he's originally west coast uh he's a white rapper who kind of made his internet like a little bit of an internet following doing um uh you know like just going up to people on the street and freestyling off of like oh give me a word and then he'd start incorporating what people are wearing people passing by like never dropping a flow and never you know like and not just like doing cheesy, like okay, he rhymed cheese with <laughs> sleeves or something, like you know, it, it, like it's he's able to like take because now he just you know he'll go on Omegle and just like find people to give him words and make content out of it. And yeah, then he's got those compilations up on Spotify. He's got his whole business model going, and there's times where I'm like, okay, he got that word that was already hard like he didn't start with it and then he's like expanding on the topic of that word on the fly and then now he's bridging in you know the what the person something in the person's room or like you know another mm-hmm. word like he'll he'll sometimes get suggestions and then like you know it's like four people tossing out a bunch of words and he'll pick one of them but he'll remember the other four words that were shouted and That's work crazy. them in and yeah how are you guys doing today Awesome. My name is Harry Mack. I'm a freestyle rapper. I like make up raps off the top of my head about random words and things that I see. We're doing content for my YouTube channel. It's hella fun. Would you guys be down to just throw out random words for me to rap about real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Dope. Let's get it. Say a random word. Yeah, like throw out a random word, you know. I'll kind of like cue you when to throw a word or just throw them at me. It doesn't matter. There's there's no rules. Uh. Uh. All right, what do you got? England. England? Yo. They be loving all the styles that I'm bringing. They can feel me from LA to England. Harry Mack, man, you know I got the passion though. And my flow with stretch so international. Yeah, it's Harry Mack. I be spitting in a new way. Even got fans in the UK. Uh, I be coming off the top now. Every time I'm spitting, I come through with the hot style. Stepping to me, dog, it can't be won. It can't be done. And you know I'm a champion. Ready, right off the shirt. Shout, out to, shout out to a local rapper, uh, Rick Chine, man. I saw him oh, do yeah. that. Years, man, this would have been 2010, 2011. He opened up for gym class heroes uh, oh. with his old band, Southpaw Players. And uh, I remember like he just was like, throw stuff on stage, and I'll just freestyle about it. And people were just throwing everything on the yeah. stage. And he's like, picking it up. Yeah, and he would just like <laughs> rap about it, you know, like spit like 10 bars, throw Dang. it back out to grab the next thing. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was crazy, man. So shout out to Rick Chime, man. He's not in Grand Rapids anymore, I don't think. But mm. so, yeah. Um,. Yeah, I was just kind of, I was thinking about like the live experience with the, maybe versus the recorded experience, what, what the audience is sort of game for or not, you know? Right. Um, I feel like when you're there in a live show, you're sort of, you've committed yourself, your physical presence to this thing. You're not like I'm on Spotify. I can like skip as soon as I like feel the need or want to do it. So they have your attention as a musician and, and what's the responsibility then yeah you know <laughs> yeah it's well i think of, i i recently saw mark rebier um the dude who like improvises with a loop station and like some midi sounds and it's like part comedy part you know music 
you know, part incessant dance party. <laughs> and like he sold out the Royal Oak and I'm like, I've He's... never seen a, a whole room of people excited for literally no expectations. He's the Scott. Do you know this guy? I don't. So he's like, no, he, he'll out. be in like a robe on YouTube with like his shirt off. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. What's the his name glasses? again? Mark um, Rebier. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Our friend Ben so turned me on to him. Yeah, yeah. He's so great, man. I love him. <laughs> It's impossible for me not to fall in love with you, baby. Definitely like a comedic factor there for sure. It's not just music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I saw he was like he did a commercial like overseas for something. And I was just like, yo, he's okay, he, he's Pop cashing in. Yeah, like he did a whole thing about this grocery store. It's like a commercial for a grocery store. Whoa. And he did it in classic his fashion, you know, <laughs> for this commercial. Did he just start off on YouTube? Like I feel like yeah, because how I found out about him was through those I guess he did live streams at like a a restaurant in Dallas. He would have like these, you know, like four hours just to fill time and he would, you know, improvise that whole time, make music, incorporate the crowd, and you know, there's like a almost a progression to the videos where it's like some people are into it, most people are seated, some people are dancing. And then by, you know, before he started getting big, you started seeing people like repeat audiences, people dancing, going crazy, giving them, you know, feeding into that kind of party. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting cat, man. But yeah, I would say like he he does it proper. Like he does a lot at once, man. He could do it all. But he, he finds some way to intertwine it with like entertaining and comedy and not just doing too much, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like he, he kind of walked out and, you know, it was like he just saw the, the collective id of the room. It's <laughs> like, all right, here's my clay. <laughs> and just like, you know, at, at, every, anything was on the table. <laughs> I feel like at that point, yeah, he's savvy enough to be more of an entertainer than a musician or comedian or whatever it is he's he knows he's he's just providing yeah i shouldn't say just he is providing a certain kind of amount of just entertainment at the end of the day it's interesting though i feel like he's pretty authentic though with his you know what i mean like i don't mm -hmm. think he's really thinking that out or anything i think that's just naturally maybe natural charisma right yeah yeah but i don't yeah. think he's necessarily thinking like okay this is where i'm gonna like impress somebody right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah this is where i take the robe off <laughs> yeah. you know one one live show i went to where um they kind of did their thing uh it was herbie hancock and chick korea r.i.p oh, chick korea yeah it was in ann arbor and uh you know I, I i knew it was just gonna be piano like they mentioned that but when we got there you know herbie's just like yo it's my friend chick like we're here tonight and we're just gonna have like we're just going to have some fun, just like we're in a living room. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is going to be an interesting show. Like, I was expecting to hear, like, Watermelon Man or, like, some weird rendition. But right. Let's see. And they just, like, went on for, like, 16 minutes. Like, it was just, like, two friends, like, literally. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, first song. And like, okay, let's do another. Let's do another one. And it was again. And I was like, oh, God. Like, so everybody just, like, improv for, like, literally an hour. <laughs> And that's literally what they did. Or wow. uh, just kind of like by the end, I, like as an audience member, I was kind of like exhausted of just like, <laughs> I, I can't keep up with this. Like it was cool that first time y'all did it, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was like seeing, I saw the, what was it? The 
uh, part of the Bobby McFerrin meets tour. Like oh, he yeah. came to the, I think the Wharton Center in at MSU. I think that's what it's called. But yeah, he shows up and it was like, oh, you know, uh, uh, Detroit bassist and pianist, an oud player, a uh, violin player who can sing, and you know, a uh, uh, female percussionist who had like a. It's like she arranged a percussion setup like a kit with these long conical like wooden drums, and then you know had a bunch of like hang drums and other items, and then the show just started and then they improvise different tunes and around different things. And, and then it was done. You're like, Whoa, <laughs> I, I probably won't remember any of it. But exactly. <laughs> the experience yeah. was crazy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's almost like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's an experience and you appreciate what they could do. But yeah, also it's like, you won't remember like anything of what they did, but I mean, right. I guess that's improv. I mean, they won't remember anything that they did. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like where do you hang your hat on that, that show? I'm like, yeah, you just, then that's cool. That's, yeah. That's I think that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. But, um, actually, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I have a word to like describe that <laughs> because I've certainly thing. been at like plenty of like jam band shows, you know, even recently at Humphreys McGee, um, at my regard, oh, great yeah, show, yeah, we both went to that. but some songs I'm just like 10 minutes past. I'm not really sure where I am anymore. <laughs> like, is this still the same song? Is this still the same song? <laughs> like I lost, I'm not shirt? even, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's something kind of, I think, cool about that because it creates a certain kind of like you're either in or you're out kind of like community to it but at the same time there is like just sometimes just okay let's let's kind of wrap this song up and move on to the next one right right and maybe i feel ba- <laughs> well, like a bad listener saying that but it's interesting because you know and you could probably speak to this i mean i think we, we could all speak to this we're like i've had moments where um you know we'll do a song or something like that are, and I'm like, man, that, that was actually like six or seven minutes that like kind of passed by of us just kind of like messing mm-hmm. around. Like if we bring Adrian on stage or do whatever, right? Yeah. Like, you know, where like I, I never think of like, oh, the audience might be like, damn, this is like seven minutes. You know, like <laughs> you on stage and time is just flying. You yeah. know, you're just you're in that's the true. Zone. So I think even sometimes when people do those jams, like, you know, you think of like, uh, you know, your, your boys fish or whatever doing like an 18, 20 minute solo, like Trey right. probably thinking he'd been soloing for three minutes and yeah. then you're like, Oh shoot. That three hour, <laughs> that three hour show just like probably felt like, yeah, an yeah. hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you're as well seasoned as those guys and did it your whole life. It's like, yeah, uh, three hours feels like nothing probably to them, you know, they yeah, play yeah. three hour shows all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think back to the, I had a residency earlier in the year at the listening room, uh, you know, I'd rotate between normal mode and then another trio with uh, Madison George, you know, drummer who plays with Earth Radio and um, uh, John Muir Cotton, this killer bass player from Detroit, who I only recently found out he was like 23. And I'm oh, like, wow. wait, so I met you years ago when you were like 18 and you were killing <laughs> and and you know he's just a great bass player uh and you know in both of those situations it's like okay friday saturday we got two hours to fill let's you know at first it was like okay what rep can we use that can stretch time but then as the months went on as they kept adding dates until like about mid-june it was like oh we can craft more of an experience we can 
you know, like, oh, I won't take, you know, 10 choruses on some, or, you know, probably not 10, but (laughs) I won't like make this song like a nine minute song. Like let's, let's like, you know, be tasteful with it or like, let's segue into another tune or let's, you know, bring the level down and have like a cool feature or, you know, I think of like early uh, Chris Dave and the drum heads. You know the the intersection of different tunes was always like <laughs> it. It was like it was like you're you're in a room where different people are turning on different radio stations. Mm, right. So you'd have like oh, there's a James Brown groove, and then you know they're grooving, and then Chris would just like hit and go into like a slow swing beat, and then him and the horn player would play Nefertiti. Oh, that's cool. And then like you know once they get to the end of the head, he's right back into the groove oh. and you know, oh, they're doing that groove, and then, oh, Sharky's playing Amazing Grace, just out of time, very free. <laughs> like, Interesting. So, yeah, it's trying to, like, make moments instead of just, like, fill space, I guess. That's that's well put. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's really what it is. You have to be kind of cognizant of your, your, your audience and their experience of it, and if you create these little vignettes along the way, it's these little... You know snaps where they can be like okay that was a segment there and now i'm going to this even if it's a longer stretch of music there's some start and stop points that are like clearly definable and i think like you're talking about like the memory of the experience is maybe yeah. more ingrained because they were able to have that sort of creating regions i no, guess for yeah. Real. yeah that's a good point all right, so I think we 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 beat that first topic like over over the head here. So. <laughs> we we do, we don't we we got into yeah, it. We yeah, we got into it. We could keep going. I'm sure. It was good. But, um, <laughs> this the second topic I wanted to get into, and I gotta ask the listeners on this next one to like give us a little bit of grace and realize like this next thing like we're trying to talk about and I don't know our own experiences I guess or whatever. But I want to talk about is it important to separate the art from the artist or is it like intertwined? Uh, uh, like are is a person intertwined with their art and there's no separating this. Yeah, that's that's you know so many discussions about that. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, that's why I asked like people to give us grace. No. Yeah, I you know for me it's it's tricky cuz I I think of like, you know, there's obvious ones like uh you think of all the cover bands that play like Michael Jackson and it's like okay, the documentary came out I still haven't seen it, but a lot of people have seen it and, you know, they have this new opinion or a younger generation has seen it and that's all they know about Michael Jackson. But there's like a whole, you know, decades of past of everyone's parents who grew up with it and... what the Jacksons meant to black culture and music. And it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to separate. And I, I feel like separating, separating leads to kind of excusing the, the bad behaviors that are trying to be addressed. Um, and it's, it's, 
it's it's like trying to ride that line between like you know oh is the music so good that i will overlook everything right <laughs> like what will you you yeah. know p- put in front of a good song <laughs> yeah versus like understanding that you know, like I think of jazz too. Like a lot of jazz musicians that are studied, are you know they're like, oh, I mean, they're you're talking about abusive, miles, man. like and, my, and, yeah, you know, like not good people, <laughs> right? Yeah, but like you know, yeah, Miles, yeah, changed the genre literally like four times, but also has this, you know, very checkered past. We'll say politely (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's so tough you know i think of like sometimes and i don't know yeah i think it's really hard yeah of like what do you want to sometimes you just want to listen to that song but it might not be the best art i think of two two things that i'm gonna use two polarizing characters right now that i'm sure everybody's talking Mm -hmm. about it's like an r kelly and a kanye west right Mm -hmm. where i think of like an r kelly is i can't listen to his music because of the like what type of music he make, which was very sexual. And then his charges of what are against him is sexual. So it's like hard for me to even enjoy this or be in the right mind space. Right. right. As opposed to like, let's say a Kanye West where like, I, I disagree with a lot of stuff he said, like most recently slavery is a choice. Like where <laughs> I was just like, yo, what, you know, uh, Run but, that back. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what do you mean? What are you trying to explain? You know, but either way it's like, that doesn't really affect, me being like, you know, I can't listen to his music because it's associated with slavery or whatever the case may be. Like, right. So maybe like the, the, the crime or what somebody is being ingested for and what they make possibly. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's crazy because, yeah, it's like the there's there's like an impact on the culture. And to some degree, it's like you, you know, it, it probably wasn't the starting point of the art to be like, I want to make music so good that people will forgive me right, no matter what yeah, I do. Right. Yeah. And, but then there's a point, a kind of a point of responsibility is like, okay, yeah, you are beloved, but you also can't just use that as like a weapon. Yeah. Do you <laughs> it, think that's what it is sometimes? Like with, with artists of like, they, they get this love where they almost kind of feel like they have a free pass to do like things. Untouchable kind of thing. Yeah. You know, one, one uh, past character where like, um, it, it, you know, and then the other part too is like, wh- wh- what do you believe is truth and not truth? You know, I think right. of, uh, I've heard many stories of Jerry Lee Lewis who they call him the killer because he really killed possibly a, a female from from what oh. I know, you know, this, and he hasn't been, you know, indicted or anything for this. And but it's also like, man, the stories I've heard is like, yeah, it sounds like there's no way that he did not kill her. <laughs> but like, you know, it's like, do you believe that he didn't get any trial? You know, it, it gets well, messy. It's so muddy. It's the, so hard. You the know, thing I, I mean, there's a lot of people out there making bad decisions, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people, it gets put out in public and some people you might never hear about it. Yeah. Um, so how do I separate that just because they got caught for it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I got to imagine any form of entertainment, you know, that we celebrate, uh, music, art, sports, on and on. There's some people that we, we hear about like a Michael Vick. And then yep. there's, you know, there's, there's people that we might not hear about. I don't yeah. know. I, that's why I feel like I, I keep erring on the side of like, I can, I can celebrate what they do in the arena of what they're doing and, but maybe not celebrate the person. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like when they get on the football field, I'm like, 
they don't want to play football <laughs> right or yeah. like you get out you get in the recording studio and you're putting out but that seems like extremely problematic too <laughs> yeah because then it's then it's like okay if it's like we as an audience if we're making that distinction of separating the art from the artist like what are they that's i feel like that's also like them separating you know like oh yeah i, I know how to write a killer yeah, song yeah, right. and i also know how to do horrible horrible things, things yeah. <laughs> i think times are like changing so much too or so hard like celebrities in your face you know everything about them all yep. the time what yeah. they stand the for time. what they believe you didn't know you know i was reading some interesting recently um i started reading a quest love book uh, music is history okay. and um he talked about duke ellington and how he was like a republican which, if people would have known that at the time, I mean, I guess certain people didn't know that and didn't want to be associated with him, but it's not like he was like, I'm a Republican and I'm voting for He Nixon. kept it to himself. You know, he more like, kinda, segregation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I want more <laughs> segregation, you know? And, he, and with him being a black artist and so influential in, like, jazz at that time, you know, he yeah. kind of was just like, I can't explain, you know? And, and it, I, I'm not going to get into all of it, but he had his reasons why he sided with that party, you know? But all right. I'm saying is, like, or like yeah. James Brown. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Duke Ellington being able to be in the 1940s and kind of be like i'm a republican but i'm not going to tell you it was easier to hide as opposed to in a 2021 i feel like people are looking for like are you republican or are you democrat right. because that's going to decide if i listen to your music or not you know what i mean where it's <laughs> like politics? yeah what are your politics where it's just like i you know i'm gonna give anybody a, a shot well yeah we're, in, we're that, definitely yeah. in that we're going in muddy waters there yeah. with politics but i'm, no, right, I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying it's like yeah. we're in that sort of time period of of where people aren't just a uh, their product, they are now part of their product. Mm. And right. And I guess really quickly, going back earlier, I'm yeah. not saying like we shouldn't like. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Like I, I, once somebody <laughs> does get caught for something, they need to be put to the law that they have <laughs> broke for sure. And um, yeah. Right. Well, uh, yeah, because it's it is like yeah, an album is such a singular moment or like yeah. a song, and and you know it's a historical record of mm -hmm. like. Like this is what the the this song is, you know, this team of people in this year, like you can look at the context of like what was going on in yeah, the world. That, and I think that is another very important thing to, to keep about is the context of time. You know, like um, I love Richard Pryor and I was listening to a stand up, you know, and he, and he said he said fag, you know, and it feels like mm -hmm. so like awkward or weird you know when you hear that now but also it's like it's 1969 1970 or whatever you know at that time but you know that's the part where it gets muddy too where people are going back in history and like want to be like this person was awful and it's like you know, have some like understanding of what the context of the time was of like what was accepted in art too but it gets money because it's just like when when what when should what's we have cutoff? made things yeah what's the yeah. cutoff here yeah right. Same thing yeah. with age, you know, I think I told Scott this story of like, I'm not a huge American Idol fan, but uh, <laughs> there was a guy, Caleb, who was on there and he um, got kicked off and um, it, it turned out like it was some racist stuff. Like, I guess he had a Snapchat video that somebody released of somebody wearing like a KK hood next to him. Uh -huh. So I looked into it. Turns out this happened like four years ago when he was 12. He, mind you, he's like 16 on the show now. Yeah. And it was literally like a quick snippet. And it turns out they were just like, they ended some Poduck country town and they were like shooting some movie where I'm like, okay, I'm not down for people dressing up as KKK people. <laughs> but also, like, when he was 12 and now he's going to miss out on like the biggest opportunity he had of his life. Right. You know? right. Um, things like that where it's just like, it's, it's tough for me. You know what I mean? Where, um, 
going back in people's past, I guess, is like the hard part. Like current actions I could do with, but it's the going back in the past of like where I'm like, oh, am I really going to be pissed about something they did when It's going to change like our, our, our future where people are going to be much more, I think, they're going to put a little bit more thought as to what they put out into the world because everything's a history now and it's been recorded you know, yeah. somewhere yeah. that can be Multiple dug up. documented. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. I, I can see both sides of the argument and I don't know if there's a good one. Cause you can't be like, no, I'm listening to nothing that has been put out by, <laughs> yeah. you know, anybody that's done anything nefarious. Yeah. I, maybe you could, I don't know. I think it's just kind of like, wh- what's your line and, and where do you go? You know, and, and don't give me, I'm, I'm like going off of that tangent here probably, but like, I don't, I don't eat like Chick-fil-A, you know what I mean? Like right. when that stuff came out, how they was just like, but damn, that sandwich is good. I know. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sometimes I see people eat Chick-fil-A like, damn, you know, and I stand by my NFL, same thing. I tell Scott that, man, I haven't watched yeah. the NFL since all the cap stuff went down. I have no problem with everybody else doing that or doing whatever. But, you know, my friends are like, so what you going to do? You going to like just stop supporting everything? That You're not going to shop from Amazon yeah, anymore? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, um, you know, what I know of and what I can support, I will. You know what I mean? I can't right. figure out everything or know everybody's history or whatever. But, yeah, if I hear some something and it doesn't align with how I feel and I don't want to listen to that music, then I won't. If you come at me and tell me, like, oh, you listening to such and such, did you know Bob? I'm like, no, I, I didn't know that. So, like, that's why I was listening to it, you know? Um, so yeah, I think yeah. it's a, it's a fine line of figuring out like what you know and what you support and what you deal with and like what you're okay with really at the end of it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I feel like we're, you know, in our current landscape, there's like, yes, there's like a corporatization of so many commodities and different things, but like, I think of, you know, music can be that much more personal. Like you could find, you can go to Bandcamp and look up, you know, I found like, I remember there's a metal band project. It was a dad writing, you know, like grindcore, like really fast, heavy, you know, just like intense music. But it was all themed around his seven year old daughter's lyrics. So she was the singer and she's just doing like, I want pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you could find something that specific. You know, you could you could literally find the thing that scratches the most specific itch. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we have this breadth of choice and, and a variety, but we, and you know, same with businesses. It's like, okay, if we don't want to, I don't know if you buy your soap on Amazon, I don't know. (laughs) So for an example, (laughs) but like you could find a, you know, a a black owned boutique soap store. Like I I worked the uh, African American music festival doing sounds the other weekend and just the, the level of businesses that are like, oh, a black owned, like organic tea maker. Right and on. like, yeah. a, you yeah. know, you just, there's so many opportunities for new growth and things to kind of take up the space in good ways. Yeah. To Put your dollars of, elsewhere. Yeah. Do a little research. Sometimes you got to yeah. start. Have you guys seen uh, Killer Mike's uh, Trigger Warning Show? Some mm. of it, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen all Each of it, episode but. he has a different thing that he does, but when you mention that, it, that cracks me up because the first episode or maybe second, he tried to only live off of black uh, owned businesses. So his cell phone, iPhone, got rid of it. You know what I mean? Food, uh, made by white people, out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, most for the most part, he was finding stuff, but with food, it was where he struggled. He couldn't find any really black owned farmers or like farm to get like his fresh vegetables. Right. And, and he ended up finding somebody, but he was going on a hunt. That's you know? interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and doesn't think, he have like a bank? 
Like he started like a yeah. He started his own bank now. Yeah, yeah he's trying to get like <laughs> everybody cool. to like transfer funds or at least black people to transfer <laughs> funds to it. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is be a good person. Yeah, do the right thing, and and people will continue to celebrate what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's wrap that. Let's let, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go to because yeah, that's had to the, go into it for a second. Though. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's a hard. Yeah. It's it's problematic. All right, Dutcher. So uh, we gave you kind of like some heads up on this last one. So we always say like, if your band was a blank, what would it be? I, I personally, I'll let you choose. I feel like Earth Radio is like, I would be interested to see what you would say with this. If you're down to do Earth Radio for it, sure. Okay. All right. So if Earth Radio was a vegetable, what vegetable would it be? Ooh, that's a good question, especially because Hannah's vegan and Justin works on a farm. <laughs> So you gotta like, nail this though. yeah i gotta like <laughs> and they're gonna be like see this is why i told you to eat more vegetables um <laughs> i feel like we are oh, what are what this are this is we? always so funny i love doing this <laughs> <laughs> for a vegetable especially coming from you kj i know the yeah i don't king. eat a lot of vegetables <laughs> <laughs> what would you i want to know what you think about our band yeah because i'm thinking of like it's a french fry vegetable <laughs> <laughs> potatoes <laughs> yeah we're just, uh, well, cause I, I'm thinking of like, you know, something that's like, for whatever reason, the first thing, probably cause Hannah's about to harvest some, uh, was an eggplant because it has some versatility and like where you can, you know, it can substitute for things. It can be added to dishes in cool ways It you know, it can be prepared in a bunch of different ways and, and, you know, prepared in a bunch of different ways in different cultures. So that... <laughs> You know, thinking of like, okay, the band's got a lot of different musical influences and it, you know, eggplant's kind of an easier vegetable also to work into a diet more than like, you know, a, you know, a spice you might not have ever heard of or... <laughs> eggplant that's that's clutch yeah. you know also i feel like the color of the eggplant like that purple i associate that with your guys's music kind of futuristic looking yeah, yeah. vegetable the capacity of which our guests are able to answer Dude, these questions crazy. on spot just continues to <laughs> blows my mind. It blows yeah. my mind. If you put these in there, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be. I'd be like, well, give me, give me ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Yeah, that was on point. I mean, your explanation of it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah, solid. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate the time yeah. that you kind of riffed off and all of our. our yeah, yeah, no. That, I feel like uh, yeah, I feel like we gave you the, the the tough ones. Like I feel like we we kind of went to some more deeper stuff here than we usually do. No, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we, no, we knew we could. We we, we had somebody with a, a the musical brain here. Yeah, so, yeah. not that yeah. our other. <laughs> no, let me just cut that out. Let me cut that out. Uh, all right, Dutcher. Well, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, anytime. All right, great. peace. <laughs>